Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Andrew Gordy uh, from News Hub, Pat McKendry, of course, uh, joining us as well. So, uh, Pat McKendry, I'd like to start with you. And the obvious question is uh, the timing of the Ian Foster uh, announcement as the All Black coach through to the end of the World Cup 2023. How do you feel about that? Yeah, good day, guys. Um, look, I think it's a common sense uh, decision by the board. I'm, I'm surprised it's taken them this long. I think it would have been pretty cruel and unusual type of punishment to send Foster and his assistants and, and the squad uh, away to Australia uh, and potentially three months away, from, well, it is three months away from home, um, you know, with, with no clarity about what's happening next year and beyond. So, uh, you know, I've, I've said before on your show, Smithy, that I, I sort of sympathised a bit with, um, with Ian Foster and his assistants sort of leading up to this point because I think it was an untenable situation. Uh, I think it, um, it certainly wouldn't help the squad dynamic at all. Uh, and, the, you know, these are unusual times, obviously, with, with COVID. And so I think that uh, the All Blacks and Foster needed as much clarity as they could get, and, and this provides it. So I applaud the decision, and uh, we'll sit back and, and wait to see what happens there in terms of performance. Andrew Gordy, uh, you reported it yesterday. Uh, how do you feel about the whole deal? Uh, look, I feel a, bit, a, a wee bit indifferent about the whole thing, really. I mean, look, I'm probably in the camp that um, I, I think that Scott Robertson should be coaching the All Blacks, but they decided to go the other way. Ian Foster is obviously the man in the job. Um, he's done uh, an OK in the job to this point, but it would have been absurd to think that New Zealand rugby at this juncture would have got rid of him and put in, put in Scott Robertson. They're coming off a record victory over the Wallabies at Eden Park. Um, I, I completely understand the timing from the point of view of um, his stocks are high, I suppose, in, in that regard, probably higher than they've ever been, coming off a record victory. And like Pat says, they're heading away for um, a, a long period now, a really tough slog away from home. And it would have been ridiculous, equally ridiculous, to send them away from that for that period of time and have no certainty about what's happening going forward. Now they've got that certainty and it's sort of like, well, even if there was any sort of feeling within the camp that, you know, uh, maybe I would like Scott Robinson to be the coach. Well, it's not happening now, is it? So you better get on board or you're, or you're going to get off the train pretty quickly. So, Gords, what happens if um, it, by the end of uh, the year you have been reporting and uh, leading your stories with uh, three or four or five all-black losses? What, what would you be thinking at that point? Well, which, let's face it, Smithy, is not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? I mean, who knows? We could see South Africa come down for this rugby championship now. It's, it's, it, it wouldn't be a, a huge surprise, would it? Especially when you consider results last year um, to see the All Blacks lose one, two, possibly even three games um, in this rugby championship. And then who knows what will happen on, on the end of year two. Like, what you're suggesting to me is, is would it actually not be an enormous surprise? But... But it w- I still think it wouldn't have been fair for New Zealand rugby, and it sounds like, judging by what some of the things that I've read this morning, that they were even contemplating waiting until after the All Blacks 
said face um, South Africa, at least in this rugby championship. I, I personally don't think that would have been right. It wouldn't have been right for the team. It wouldn't have been right uh, or fair for Ian Foster either. I mean, you'd have to sit back and say, uh, you would have started going the other way, I think, and going, geez, man, what, that, why are they being so almost nasty to this guy? Like, it, it would have been brutally unfair, I think, and, and pretty unreasonable work conditions, if you can just put it in those terms. Um, for, for someone to head away for that extended period of time with, with a complete lack of certainty over their future. So I think I, I don't disagree, in it and I think it's quite possible what, what you're saying will happen. Um, but I still feel that the, the right decision has been, has been reached and the right move has, has been made. Pat McKendry, if you put yourself in Scott Robertson's shoes, you, you've got this deal, I think, uh, with uh, New Zealand rugby anyway as a fallback. But you're going to have to be even more patient. How does uh, how does he feel this morning, Scott Robertson? I don't think he'll be surprised at all. You know, he's he's got that knowledge that he's got a. Uh, I think it's a three-year contract that he resigned. Um, so you know, he. I think I'm sure. Like he's a pretty pragmatic guy, Robertson. He would have assumed that Foster just Foster's contract would have rolled over. It won't be any surprise to him. Um, he would have been planning on. You know the Crusaders, regardless. So, um, but just back to to what Gord said. Uh, look, I agree. I think the, the board um, backed Foster when they appointed him, and and they had, they had to have the courage of their convictions to to roll over that contract because it was completely untenable. You know, the alternative was was, was just certainly not going to happen. It's just completely unrealistic. So, they've done the only thing they could, and I, I just think they should have done it earlier, to be honest. Uh, in terms of, uh, Pat, in terms of what uh, they've rolled out uh, and, and the schedule for the Rugby Championship, uh, it looks pretty inviting for a rugby fan in New Zealand, doesn't it? I don't think there's too many downsides to it. I agree. Um, hopefully the Australian crowds respond as well. Um, you know, for, uh, after, the, uh, after the Australian game in Perth, we've got uh, four double headers in Queensland, obviously, so... Um, a, a real feast of rugby coming up for everyone and I just hope that the crowds respond to that and create um, something approaching a pretty good atmosphere. Obviously the historic 100th test between the All Blacks and Springboks is going to happen in uh, Townsville uh, rather than Dunedin which is a bit of a shame but that's just the way it is and you know, hopefully it'll be a highly anticipated match regardless um, and hopefully it sort of lives up to its promise. I see Mr. and Mrs. Gordy sitting down uh, with a, a nice bottle of something at a very nice time slot watching the All Blacks instead of uh, perhaps um, other time slots. So, uh, you, you impressed with the, with the schedule, Gords? I'd suggest maybe a couple of bottles, maybe even. Maybe a couple of bottles, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, I mean what, a, what a time to... Can I just say as well, what a time to be a sports fan if you live in Queensland, man. What would... Seriously, what would the sports fan in this part of the world do right now without Queensland? They are, they are putting it all on for whether it's you know rugby league and, and now rugby union. It's it's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? And and I, I love the idea of being able to sit down um, on a on a Saturday, or I think there might be, might even be a Sunday night on the cards there, where you're watching pretty effectively back to back test matches in the in the same venue, um, two two back to back games of rugby championship. Like that's just going to be outstanding, isn't it? I'm a wee bit concerned though at the suggestion that um, I think the that that game we're talking about, all the hundredth test between the All Blacks and the Springboks, is going to be essentially the curtain raiser to the Wallabies versus uh, Argentina. I mean, what, what's going on there, fellas? That's that's not right, is it? 
<laughs> no, well, I, I, I did glean from uh, what Andy Marinos said is, and uh, someone else as well said that um, they will be arranging time slots to suit TV audiences as much as they possibly can. Uh, so therefore, uh, the All Blacks might play after the Wallabies at, at some certain uh, some certain point, and the um, Springboks may have the late game uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, fellas, uh, just uh, I'll, I'll leave you with that. I'm, when I come back and ask you who, now that uh, of course Sam Whitelock's not going to be there uh, initially, Aaron Smith's not going to be there, Sam Kane's not going to be there. Who is your All Black skipper? It's a hell of an honour. Uh, who do they give it to? Big talk, big opinions. The panel. Second part of the panel, but stunned actually to hear that news about uh, Charlie Watts, uh, drummer of the Rolling Stones, uh, is gone. Gee whiz. Okay, uh, in terms of importance, the All Black captaincy, uh, that's an issue, in, uh, and it's going to be one I imagine Ian Foster's already made up his mind, but Pat McKendry, who's your, who would your choice be out of the squad that we know is going? Well, look, I think it'll probably come down to Adi Sevilla or Cody Taylor, and I'll, I'll be inclined to go with Cody Taylor for the fact that. Look, both, both players have been outstanding recently, especially in that recent Wetterslow uh, Cup test at Eden Park. But I'll go with uh, Cody Taylor because uh, he's a specialist hooker. Artie's, Artie's got enough going on uh, at number eight, which for him probably isn't his preferred position. I think he'd prefer to be at seven, but he's at eight and he's doing a, a damn fine job of it. I just think that he should be left to concentrate on that. And um, I think Cody Taylor could, could handle the responsibility perhaps uh, it'll just be a little bit lighter on his shoulders than for, for Artie. Uh, Gords, uh, Cody Taylor, your choice or some other? Yeah, hundred hundred percent. And and look, to be perfectly honest, I can't really add an, an awful lot to what um, to what Pat's just said, other than the fact that um, I just I, I just have a, an, an enormous amount of respect for Cody Taylor. Actually, I like his sort of quiet leadership style. He's very um, understated but he's very eloquent uh, and obviously an outstanding player I think that the way he's performed um, particularly over the last couple of seasons he has um, you know I, I sort of wondered for a while there like you know there was a there was a period there where Dane Coles I, I feel like was by far and away like the standout hooker in, in world rugby you know pretty much changed the the way um, the way we saw hookers I suppose and, and, and the way the position was played but man Cody Taylor's just been been absolutely outstanding and I don't know actually I was going to ask Pat actually what's, what's the status of Dane Coles is, is that cast going to rule him out of um, the, the at least the early part of this, this squad or, or will he be travelling do you expect him to be named tomorrow I'm not sure I haven't seen any word about him being in doubt um, I think it's a niggly one that they sort of you know take week by week but um, having um, starting with Cody, <clears throat> excuse me, and I, I quite like the, the way uh, Samasoni Takiyahu is, is progressing too. He's a he's a big muscular guy who's who's quite different uh, to Dane Coles, um, and I think you know he could be quite important against the the box and the Pumas in particular. So uh, yeah, obviously I look quite a lot of depth at hooker, and, and I 100% agree, Cody Taylor. He's just he just keeps developing. Um, quite remarkable, really. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed for him that he that he gets the top job. Here's one uh, for you, Gords, and this will hit you between the eyes. You might have even thought about it actually. But if I'm representing my country overseas, uh, All Black, uh, individual sport, or whatever, but I am actually representing New Zealand, having been picked to do so from here, can I jump the queue? Should I jump the queue in MIQ? Oh, gee, that's a good question, Smithy. Um, 
it's 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 tough to. Oh, gee whiz, yeah, you have set me square in the eyes of that. Actually, to be fair, like it's hard to justify, isn't it? I think it's a wee bit hard to justify. And and look, the I, the, the reason I'm finding that difficult to answer is I'm not privy to. Obviously, all the information, all the, and I'm sure there are hundreds, thousands of stories of people who are desperately trying to get home um, to, to New Zealand um, for, for one reason or another, but mainly motivated by COVID, OK? Um, but look, I suppose the other, the other factor there is this pandemic's been around for a while now. If you're, if you're not home now, if you haven't taken the opportunity to come home now, I'm sort of, the, sort of sitting there going, well, at, at what point does that end? Um, and we do start allowing... Um, other other people, and, and in this case we're talking about athletes who have probably gone out of their way to uh, make sure that they are fully vaccinated by this point. Um, is there any reason why at this point in, in the pandemic now we're a good we're a good what 18 months, two years pretty much into this pandemic um, that we shouldn't start prioritising those who have gone out of their way to get vaccinated and are doing all they can to represent this country and to keep other aspects of, of life and, and industry moving along. Um, it probably, you know, perhaps is getting to that point now where, yeah, perhaps we do start need, needing to prioritise not, not only sports people but, but business leaders, et cetera, et cetera, who uh, are doing what they can uh, in important roles to keep, like I say, industry moving along. Pat McKendry, your thoughts? <laughs> um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy that Andrew got that one before me. Um, look, I, I agree. I, I think. Um, I think it's probably going to come down, you know, as we as we move forward uh, to more of a points-based sort of a system, isn't it? Um, because we've got a lot of essential workers, uh, healthcare people, um, you know, in the medical industry and, and the mental health industry coming in. I, I believe they have sort of preferential treatment in terms of MIQ. So uh, the other thing is, I mean, how do you sort of prove that you, um, if you have bereavement, I guess, or, I mean, why, what, what, what sets certain people apart? I mean, it's just a bureaucratic nightmare, isn't it? But um, in terms of athletes, All Blacks, uh, New Zealand cricket team, uh, they, they do a bit to cheer us up now and again, don't they? So um, I think um, I think after all that, after that big preamble, um, I think yeah, yeah, they probably should start to to edge uh, to the, towards the front of the queue. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, the, the medalists come home from the Olympics. We just want to see them straight away. We don't want them to be in lockdown for two weeks or, or that kind of thing. We, we wanted to reach out and touch them. So the fact that they were actually at, they got exemptions, well, I won't say exemptions, but they were arranged that they got these MIQ spots to get back as soon as they could. Was the, and the same with the Black Caps, with the Mace, et cetera, the World Test Championship. Uh, here's another left fielder just before we go, fellas. Uh, Charlie Watts, as uh, we've just been told, drummer of the Rolling Stones, I've just found out, has, has passed away. Uh, which musician in your life would be you would be or have you been most upset about passing away, Pat McKendry? Oh, jeepers! Um, I'll, I'll just say, firstly, I, I remember seeing Charlie Watts um, many years ago at the Wimbledon Greyhounds. Um, must have been about fifteen years ago now. <laughs> so that was uh, I still remember, still remember that. That was brilliant. Um, what have, who have I been most upset about, jeepers? Uh, <sighs> I can't actually answer that. I guess Chris Cornell was a big one because, you know, it didn't need to happen. Um, Chris from, from Audio Slave, um, I think that was a couple of years ago. 
so I'll probably go with that. Um, Michael Hutchins was a bit of a shocker, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Okay, Gordon. Yeah, that's a, that is a tough one. Good call about uh, Chris Cornell, and I like that you know, you've obviously revealed a bit of your back catalogue there as well, um, Pat. Which I'm, I'm loving that. Um, um, I tell you what, the one that really I don't know why shocked me and, and did make me a bit sad, um, not, not terribly long ago, was Tom Petty actually. Um, Tom Petty, mm. just such a such a great guy, and he's one of those guys that I reckon for a lot of people they'd be like, oh, Tom Petty, whatever. But if you play his, um, if you play, you know, so much of his music is is so instantly recognisable, and, and you, you wouldn't necessarily. I think there's a lot of people out there who would recognise his songs, but wouldn't instantaneously go, oh, Tom Petty, what a what a legend. Um, yeah, he's he, he's one of the greats for me. So um, yeah, that's probably one that springs to mind off the top of my head, but. I mean, we could we could sit here and probably go on for hours talking about it. But look, to to, to follow up on your points, Smithy, Charlie, what I mean, like you, I was absolutely shocked to re- to read that this morning. Probably shouldn't be shocked given that the guy was eighty years old. But yeah, I've got a, I've got a lot of uh, lot of respect for drummers and and the people who quietly sit at the back uh, as, as the the glue. And I'm sure you could probably appreciate that as well. Absolutely, the drummer and the band. Total respect for Charlie Watts. Uh, total respect for Andrew Gordy and to Pat McKendry. Thanks so much for being on the panel this morning. Uh, what I found out about Pat McKendry is he's a greyhound man. He went to the Wimbledon Bags. Hmm. Okay. Plot thickens. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.